Let us pray. With great joy, we give you thanks, O God. We give you thanks for the dedication of the students and faculty represented by each award received today. We give you thanks for the love of learning evident in every classroom and in every practice space at St. Olaf College. Help us to more fully recognize our relationship with and our commitment to our neighbors around the world. Inspire us to stand with those who experience injustice. Give us generous and loving hearts to reach out to those in need. We are especially mindful today of the earthquake devastation in Nepal. Open our eyes to the world around us and help us to be good stewards of water and air and land and to see all creatures as having worth and honor. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. St. Olaf College dedicates the first Friday of May to recognizing outstanding academic achievements of our students in a celebration we call Honors Day. Welcome to all of you who have come to be part of our festivities and a special welcome to people joining us from all over the world via the live stream. We're so pleased you can be with us as well. I would like to extend a particular welcome to the members of the St. Olaf College Board of Regents who are meeting on campus today and who are demonstrating their commitment to fostering academic excellence by attending today's Honors Day ceremonies in academic garb. I'd invite them to stand and receive our recognition. I now call upon the Provost and Dean of the College, Dr. Marcy Sorter, who will lead us in these proceedings. Marcy? Thank you, David. We celebrate today the academic successes of St. Olaf's students and recognize the contributions of the many people who have supported them. Today, we also celebrate the achievements of Dr. Raman Sukumar and make him one of our own through the awarding of an honorary degree. So let's begin. Students, many of you here today belong to honors societies, and these are listed in today's program. Many of you are also recipients of general honors. As I call each group, Please stand and remain standing. First, will the members of Phi Beta Kappa please stand? Will all those who belong to one of the honor societies listed in the convocation program please stand? Will all students who have, awarded, who have been awarded general honors please stand as I call your class year? Class of 2015. Class of 2016. Class of 2017. Class of 2018. Congratulations.
please be seated. St. Olaf's students are strong competitors for a number of national and international fellowships and awards. Receiving one is evidence of the high regard in which our students and St. Olaf College are held. Recipients of these national and international fellowships and awards, please rise as I read your name and remain standing. Receiving Fulbright grants are Barrett Amundsen, Clarissa Angaroth Franks, Sarah Beam, Julia Irons, Anna Perkins, Serena Robinson, Ida Sabatik, Nels Thompson, William Worchus. Receiving the Goldwater Scholarship, Megan Banke. Receiving the National Science Foundation Graduate Research Fellowship, Serena Robinson. Receiving the Udall Scholarship, Mari McClelland. And receiving honorable mention for the Udall, Kaylin Dorheim. Congratulations, everyone. Students, each of you has your own path to St. Olaf and to this time and place. I ask you to reflect on the family members, the friends, the advisors, and faculty members who have supported you in your college journey. I ask you to consider the donors, alumni, and volunteers who have contributed to your education in many ways through their enduring support of the college. Today, we give special recognition to those who have established the scholarships listed in the program. Those who establish scholarships have expressed their confidence in you, the students, and the future that you will help forge. Will the donors of scholarships who are here today please stand? Today, we also recognize the contributions of the St. Olaf faculty. The order of today's procession gives special recognition to those faculty members who hold distinguished and endowed chairs. These faculty members have been recognized for their contributions to scholarship and art, to service to the college, and above all, to student learning. Will the current holders of such chairs please rise and remain standing? And whoop, will all the uh, faculty please rise and let's thank them.
President Anderson will now lead the ceremony for awarding the honorary degree. The practice of awarding honorary degrees is an ancient one, adopted by colleges and universities that wish to honor extraordinary achievement in arts, letters, sciences, or public life. At St. Olaf College, we award honorary degrees upon the nomination of the faculty and by the authority of the Board of Regents to individuals who not only excel in particular fields of endeavor, but who have also become part of the St. Olaf family through their ongoing interactions with the institution and particularly with our students. We're gathered here this morning to award an honorary degree to one such individual, Professor Dr. Raman Sukumar. To begin the ceremony, I invite Dr. Ann Walter, the Paul and Mildred Hardy Distinguished Professor of Science, to present the candidate for the degree. Well, good morning. On the nomination of the faculty and with the approval of the St. Olaf Board of Regents, it is my pleasure to present Dr. Raman Sukumar as candidate for the degree of Doctor of Science, Honoris Causa. I am delighted that so many of you have gotten to know Dr. Sukumar over the past few days. Actually, he has been part of our community for over 20 years. Uh, teaching and inspiring students in our Biology in South India program. And I have to say, thanks to the audacity of Dr. Bako, sitting behind me there, who asked one of the most important environmental scientists in the world to guide our students. The honor of sustaining this interaction has passed on to Mike Swift, also behind me, and me. Ramon Sukumar is from India. He grew up in Madras, now Chennai, studied botany at the University of Madras. He earned his PhD at the prestigious Indian Institute of Science in Bangalore, and was immediately invited to join the faculty where he is now professor of ecology. He has ties all over the globe, was a Fulbright Fellow in Princeton, and since 2001, an adjunct research science at Columbia. You can see from the program that Dr. Sukumar has served in many capacities, and received multiple prestigious awards. He is a prolific, high-impact scholar mixing science with practical activities to preserve the remarkably diverse forests of southern India, along with its most iconic species, the elephant. Indeed, he is the foremost expert on Asian elephants and continues to develop new methods to study their behavior and their physiology. As a young professional, he helped establish the Nilgiri Bioreserve and a conservation trust. He is now an established global leader in long-term ecological assessment and climate change, and recently, at the request of the Indian government, is setting up forest monitoring sites throughout the country. In addition, Professor Sukumar is a superb teacher, gentle but with very high expectations, responsible for training a multitude of students, including 63 from St. Olaf. Their projects on aspects of human-wildlife conflict, invasive species, biodiversity, animal behavior, are universally described as amazing and transformational. 
Thus, because he is an eminent scholar of things that truly matter, because his scholarship integrates humanity, nature, and science, because he acts on his knowledge, and because he has given critical guidance and care to scores of St. Olaf's students, it seems right and proper that today we confer the degree Doctor of Science, Honoris Causa, on Dr. Ramon Sukumar. <laughs> Dr. Sukumar, on the nomination of the faculty and by the authority of the Board of Regents of St. Olaf College, I hereby confer upon you the degree Doctor of Science, honoris causa, together with all of the rights, privileges, and responsibilities pertaining thereto. Congratulations. And I now invite Professors Walter, Swift, and Baco to present you with the doctoral hood, after which we await your remarks. Mr. President, distinguished uh, members of the board, uh, faculty, students, friends of St. Olaf College. I'm coming to Minneapolis after a gap of over 25 years. The last time I was here was in December 1989, when it was uh, bitterly cold. <laughs> and uh, I'm indeed happy that uh, this, is, this visit has been warm and friendly. Uh, not just in terms of the weather, uh, but also in the warmth, uh, hospitality, and honor that all of you at St. Olaf have uh, given me. Um, I am truly delighted and humbled by this honor, the first uh, Doctor of Science I have received outside my country. I am expected to give, give you a message on this occasion, uh, especially, and this message is to the young people here, the students of, the wonderful students of uh, St. Olaf College. And I shall keep this message very simple. My message would be, please spare a thought for nature, wherever you are and whatever you do. 
This generation is going to decide the fate of the fantastic biodiversity of this planet. Today, humanity is causing the extinction of, you know, perhaps several hundreds of thousands of species at a rate which is anywhere between 100 and 1,000 times that of the background rate of biodiversity loss. We are polluting our waters, we are polluting the air, we are exhausting the Earth's resources, and we are making the Earth less and less sustainable for humanity to survive in the long term. And therefore, I think it's imperative that each one of us, in our own and very simple manner, in whatever that we do, in whatever endeavor that we undertake, that we take a few small steps that would then add up to a giant step for mankind in terms of stemming the loss of biodiversity, the degradation of this planet, and ensuring that Earth remains sustainable for all of us into the foreseeable future. When I was in school, you know, my interests were actually, it was not in nature, it was in aeroplanes and spacecraft. Uh, in 1969, when I was 14 years old, the United States landed the first men on the moon. And this is what gripped my attention. You know, I actually wanted to be a, a pilot first. I wanted to then design uh, planes and uh, spacecraft. And, uh, but soon, I think when I was 15 or 16, my thoughts came crashing down to Earth as I came to realize that what we humans were doing to our planet. Uh, these were still uh, very early days in global environmentalism. You know, Rachel Carson, Carson had published uh, Silent Spring, and uh, that was a great influence on me. I read that book uh, somewhere in the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, Paul Eldrick uh, came out with The Population Bomb, in which he argued that, uh, you know, humanity was multiplying at a rate that is not sustainable. And uh, the other side of the uh, issue relating to environmental degradation came from Vance Packard. I remember his book, The Wastemakers in which he argued that the amount of consumption that uh, some societies uh, you know, have and uh, you know, the amount of waste that we create is also not sustainable. Um, somehow, there is a transformation that took place in my mind, in my brain, when I was 15, 16. You know, I think those are very, uh, very decisive uh, phases in one's life. Uh, when we are very young, we are very impressionable, and then we decide to take a certain path, and I had firmly decided when I was 15 or 16 that I was going to pursue the study and inquiry into nature and the protection of nature. And I never looked back since then. You know, you should realize that uh, in the early 1970s, the word ecology was virtually unknown in my country in India. You know, nobody had heard of the, you know, outside uh, maybe a small circle of uh, uh, professors and students of botany and zoology. This word was just not known at all. And coming from a middle-class uh, family, uh, especially the sons, you know, this pressure was not there on the daughters, but the sons were expected to, um, you know, uh, try and become an engineer or a doctor or maybe a civil servant. And I realized that I just uh, uh, said no to all of that. I had uh, told my parents I do not want to be an engineer or a doctor or a civil servant. There's nothing wrong in being any of those. They're all very honorable professions. But um, I decided that I wanted to pursue nature, which was quite strange to 
you know, the, not just my family, immediate family, but also the larger family that I come from. And in hindsight, I realized that I was a rebel. Although I was a fairly well-behaved rebel, I was not a very rebellious young man. Uh, and uh, for some reason, I still recollect that my uh, paternal grandmother used to call me a vanavasi. A vanavasi in our language means a forest dweller. You know, much before I had actually been in, to a real forest. She probably recognized there was something about me that, you know, here is this, uh, my young grandson who is... Uh, somehow seems to be so affiliated to nature that one day he's going to go and live in a forest. And maybe that uh, remark also perhaps had some influence on me. At the same time, my maternal grandfather was a great influence on me because for him, you know, anything in this world was, in this world was achievable. And therefore, unlike uh, maybe my parents, he was not at all worried about what profession that I took to. In fact, I didn't worry about a career at all, to tell you very frankly. Today, these days, I get some uh, inquiries from parents of young people telling me, you know, if my son or daughter pursues ecology, you know, what is the future for? I just write back to them and tell them, please allow your children to pursue what is of interest to them and, you know, a subject in which they have passion, and they will do well. Let's not worry about the word career. And uh, perhaps this may not be very realistic in today's world, but that's how it was uh, to me, you know, a long time ago. The early inspiration for my work on the elephant, you wouldn't believe this, came from the film Hatari. Some of you may know this film. It was probably the late 60s or, or so. But uh, it was not John Wayne or that awful chase of the rhinoceros that uh, fascinated me. It was not those. It was that little elephant that uh, creates mayhem in the local town store, you know, with the tune Baby Elephant Walk. Uh, that was, uh, uh, there was something very fascinating about the behavior of this, of that tiny elephant. And Henry Mancini's accompanying music, you know, which is still one of my favorite uh, musicals. <laughs> and uh, perhaps this was imprinted in my mind uh, during my school days. I went on to study botany and then I joined the Indian Institute of Science for a, a PhD. And uh, the opportunity to work on elephants actually came from a chance remark from my professor you know, after I had enrolled for my PhD. And I was discussing with uh, my professor various options of uh, research topics uh, for my doctoral research. And one day, he almost casually mentioned that elephants and people are in conflict. And there is nobody looking at this issue. You know, there has been some wonderful duck, uh, one work uh, done on uh, uh, the ecology of African elephants, very little on the Asian elephant. A lot of people are studying elephants in Africa. But nobody's really looking at this interaction between elephants and people, and this might be something novel. Um, I think at the mention of the word elephant, I just grabbed that topic, you know. I don't know if at that time I was very, uh, really very interested in the people part of the ecology, <laughs> but I just grabbed the idea that, uh, you know, that I don't think I dared to tell my professor that I wanted to work on elephants. Uh, that was really for the, for the, the big guns in the world of uh, wildlife biology. But uh, now that he had mentioned elephants, I just grabbed that idea and then I ran with it. Um, perhaps rather foolishly, because virtually nothing scientific was known about the Indian elephant. Apart from ancient lore of captive elephants, there were accounts by colonial hunters of how to shoot an elephant, and there were some natural history accounts. And of course, all this was not, most of this was not very relevant to the investigation that I was uh, about to carry out. Anyhow, to me, this was a, a voyage of discovery, of exploration, of establishing baselines of this remarkable animal. And, uh, and again, I think my plunge into the world of, world of elephants came from a rather naive self-confidence. Uh, 
that I would succeed in what I had set out to achieve. And that was probably the influence of my maternal grandfather on me. And I think the novel nature of the work was something that helped me to gain, gain recognition. And over the years, I never looked back in, in that the elephant has actually shown me the path to a, a range of different uh, research topics in the field of ecology. And I went on to study the, the foraging ecology of elephants, uh, population genetic structure of elephants, uh, you know, uh, reproductive, re reproductive physiology of elephants. Um, I went on to look at the conservation biology of the species, looking at where elephants are found, what are the population sizes, how can we protect habitat for elephants, and so on. And then I began to work for the conservation of elephants. Because although I'm, as an academic, I was expected to only teach, do research, uh, write good, uh, encourage students and you know, guide them for their PhD and write scientific papers, uh, somehow you know, I had to get involved in the conservation of elephants. And this is something that I've always done over the past uh, 30 years or so. You know, in India, uh, we pray to the elephant-headed god Ganesha before embarking upon a new venture. And in my real life, the real elephant has played a similar role. It has led me into other fields of investigation. The chance discovery of an elephant calf, a dead elephant calf, in the high valleys of the Nilgiris, where some of you students have come and worked there, uh, led me into the field of climate change because I discovered that that valley that this elephant had died in was a bog, it was a peat bog that was an archive of past vegetation and climate change. So I got into the field of climate change. Then, when I started studying the foraging ecology of elephants, I found that elephants were making a major impact on the forest, and there were fears that the forest would get converted to grassland and so on. And therefore, I started uh, looking into the dynamics of uh, tropical forests. And it was, again, the elephant that was the inspiration for this. And therefore, it was really the elephant and Lord Ganesha that has led me to various, uh, you know, uh, uh, I would say, uh, uh, fields of uh, research and discovery and uh, guiding students and uh, eventually working for the conservation of the species. Um, I must uh, share some impressions with you, my impressions of the students of St. Olaf College. Um, your president and uh, Professor Ryan Walter mentioned that my association with your college has been greater than 20 years. It's a relationship that has lasted for more than two decades, and there's a very good reason for this. Um, your students have been coming, maybe two or three or four students have been coming to Mudumalai for the, over the past um, three, two decades, year after year. And to me, St. Olaf's students are special. They are truly special. I, I think this relationship has lasted because, not because of uh, what we do at the institute or what my laboratory has done, but it's really because of how the St. Olaf College uh, students have conducted themselves of uh, their motivation, their interest, their maturity, their levels of maturity, you know, coming from an undergraduate uh, background in the United States, you know, it cannot be, it, sometimes it's not very easy, I know, because I've been associated with other universities and so on, but St. Olaf College students have been truly special, and I know that I can, without hesitation, take any students that is uh, assigned to Mudumalai to take them into, into my institution into my laboratory and, and to be able to guide them. And I hope that this relationship will continue into the future and that St. Olaf College will continue to be special students and I'm sure that they will. I know that uh, many of the students here will go on to become doctors. You know, I looked up the website and I know that a very disproportionate uh, number of uh, students actually become doctors in this country. Uh, it's, uh, it's very good, it's very good, excellent. You know, we all certainly need uh, uh, 
uh, very skilled doctors, engineers, you might become teachers, businessmen, and businesswomen, and so on. Maybe even the President of the United States. I sincerely hope that someone from St. Olaf College will become the President of the United States one of these days. <laughs> I, think, I think they will be truly wonderful ambassadors. I think they are truly wonderful ambassadors of the great country, United States of America. I think St. Olaf students really typify the greatness of, of this country. And I sincerely hope that uh, someone from here will have that achievement. And the world, I think, would be uh, certainly safer for the future if this were to happen. So before I close, uh, let me repeat my message to you. Please spare a thought for nature in wherever you are and on whatever you do. And once again, my sincere thanks to St. Olaf College for this honor, and my very best wishes to this uh, great college to reach even greater heights. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Sukumar, for those meaningful and generous remarks. Our ceremony will conclude in a moment, but before it does, I want to offer personal and heartfelt congratulations to every Oli we're honoring today for your academic achievement. And personal and heartfelt thanks to every donor who helped support you in your studies. After the ceremony, there will be coffee served in the crossroads of Buntrock Common, you're all invited. So in a moment, I'll ask us uh, to stand as we're able to sing From From. If you don't know the words, they're printed on the back of the uh, program. That will be followed by the benediction, and I ask you then to please remain standing until the faculty has recessed. So let's sing From From.
As we go forth, may God bless you and keep you. May God's love and grace always be with you. And may you walk in God's peace. Amen.